If you were unsatisfied with me calling Lincoln flaky and speeding through the details of the election of 1864, here's Dr. Williams' deep dive into the complications. Into 1864, it's a presidential election year. And Lincoln is running on the platform of emancipation, but he's still kind of hedging on it. It's kind of hard to pin Lincoln down about emancipation because he's, he says that, well, the Emancipation Proclamation was a war measure. These days, we might call it a presidential executive order that may or may not have force in law, depending on its constitutionality. Uh, now, the courts are kind of staying out of this. They're, they're not ruling on the constitutionality of the Emancipation Proclamation or the Confiscation Acts, and they won't. But they may after the war. And for those who are really pressing Lincoln on the constitutionality of emancipation, he's saying, well, this is something I had to do as an enforcement measure for the Second Confiscation Act. It may or may not be constitutional. After the war, the Supreme Court may declare it unconstitutional. I don't know. So he's still leaving himself some wiggle room as we get in 1864 on emancipation. And that worries abolitionists, and that worries African Americans, so much so that they form their own political parties called the Radical Democratic Party that's dedicated not only to ending slavery once and for all, dedicated not only to an amendment, a constitutional amendment ending slavery, but also to civil and political equality for African Americans. This new political party, calling itself the Radical Democratic Party. It's sort of an outgrowth of the old pre-war Liberty Party, which was sort of a third party that was always dedicated to ending slavery. Most of its members were dedicated to equality for African-Americans as well. And that, that's the platform of this, uh, of this new Radical Democratic Party who nominates John C. Fremont as the presidential nominee. Kind of ironic because, backtrack a little bit, John C. Fremont, kind of an odd character in American history. He was born in Georgia, raised in South Carolina. So he's a native Southerner. He serves as an army officer in the 1840s, in the Mexican War. In the 1840s, uh, he becomes the uh, first territorial governor of California. He's a senator from California, and he's very anti-slavery. In fact, he becomes the first presidential nominee of the newly formed Republican Party in 1856. Though so it's kind of ironic, he's a native Southerner, but he's very anti-slavery. Uh, as some native Southerners were at the time who, uh, who didn't own slaves, in fact, most white Southerners didn't own slaves. Only about one-third of uh, white Southerners owned any slaves at all. That's not to say that the other two-thirds were, were anti-slavery. But, but some of them were, and certainly John C. Fremont was, uh, was among, among that number. But anyway, John C. Fremont, 1864, he's the nominee of the, this new radical Democratic Party that's dedicated to ending slavery and establishing political and social equality for African Americans. Lincoln, on the other hand, hopes to form a coalition party with war-supporting Democrats, and there are some Democrats who are war-supporting at the time. Those who supported the war generally tended to say they were Union Democrats, 
Those who opposed the war were sometimes derogatorily referred to as copperheads. They, they opposed the war, they opposed ending slavery, they opposed equality for African Americans, as did the war-supporting Democrats and, and most Republicans. Well, Lincoln doesn't actually run as a Republican in 1864. He runs on what was called the Union Ticket that was a melding of the Republican Party and war-supporting Democrats. He did support ending slavery, but that's as far as, he, uh, as far as he went with it. Nothing about equality for African-Americans, certainly not voting rights for African-Americans. On the other hand, the anti-war Democrats nominated a guy named uh, George McClellan, who had been commander of the Union's Army of the Potomac earlier in the war and had been fired by Lincoln because he kind of had a case of the slow sometimes. He wasn't moving as quickly or as aggressively as Lincoln wanted him to, so he, he fired him. He becomes the nominee for the Democratic Party. That faction of the Democratic Party that is uh, anti-war, very much still pro-slavery, he runs on a platform of reestablishing the Union on the basis of the old Constitution, protecting slavery, protecting slaveholders' rights, essentially ending the war on the basis of the old Constitution, which we're not really sure that Confederate states would have gone along with that anyway. But that position is fairly popular in the North. Ending the war, not with any reference to slavery one way or the other, maybe keeping slavery, which would keep African-Americans in the South. There were a lot of white Northerners in the, who still supported that by 1864. And so it was beginning to look like McClellan might actually win the presidency, especially with John C. Fremont in the race. There was a, a huge worry on, on Lincoln's part. In fact, Lincoln in summer of 1864 was sure he was gonna lose the election, particularly with Fremont in the race. And Fremont saw that as well. And so did radical Democrats. And so as we get into September, Fremont, at the, the urging of some of his colleagues in this new radical Democratic Party, says, well, maybe I should get out of the race and throw my support to Lincoln. Because if I stay in the race, he might lose. And we don't want McClellan to be president. And although we don't really like Lincoln's policies regarding African-Americans, he is, does at least seem to be committed to ending slavery. In fact, by this point, the Senate has already passed an Emancipation Amendment, what would, would later become the 13th Amendment to the Constitution, ending slavery. But the House of Representatives hasn't passed it yet. And Lincoln is afraid that if he's not reelected, that it won't pass. And McClellan will be president, and slavery will be safe at that point. That's kind of a stretch, too, because Lincoln didn't take office again for his second term until spring of 1865, by which time the Confederacy was about dead anyway, and African Americans themselves in the South had just about destroyed slavery. By the time we get into late 1864, there's not any real possibility that slavery as it was before the war was going to be reestablished in any form. But Lincoln is so afraid of pro-slavery sentiment in the North that he's still arguing that, yeah, we will need to end slavery. Yeah, I'll support the Emancipation Proclamation. 
But he's even saying in private and, and kind of dropping hints publicly that, well, after the war, slaveholders could establish something like an apprenticeship for their former slaves. They could make this state law in former slave states that could essentially keep blacks in service to whites indefinitely. So yeah, officially we need to end slavery. We need to do away with this issue of slavery in the territories that brought about the war to begin with, or we might have another war, but you know, slavery may not come to a, a complete end. So he's kind of trying to play both sides against the middle. Well, eventually, uh, September 1864, Fre Fremont does drop out of the race. Even then, victory isn't guaranteed for Lincoln. In fact, he only wins the election by a questionable 10% margin at best. 